Welcome to the Finding a Job Podcast, a Ben J. Schaap LLC production. In this podcast, we share the stories of world-class business leaders as they discuss their professional journeys, job search strategies, and tactics that have led them to career success. If you're looking to find a fulfilling, well-paying career path, this podcast will unearth the tools and tips you need to expedite your learning curve and avoid common roadblocks that face people entering the working world. Now here's the host of the Finding a Job podcast, Jacob Billings. Welcome to the Finding a Job podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Billings. Joining us today is Lauren, a rising fifth year studying behavioral neuroscience and health science at Northeastern University. Starting college, she had her heart set on medical school and pediatrics, but quickly realized the clinical sphere was not for her. Through various informational experiences, volunteer work, and real-world opportunities, Lauren instead decided to pursue a career on the business side of healthcare. Great to have you on the podcast, Lauren. Thanks for having me, Jacob. So the first question I normally ask my guests is, what are the career paths you're considering? So as of now, I'm kind of considering a few different things. I definitely know post-grad, I want to work for a few years and maybe work at previous co-ops, work at a nonprofit or something along those lines. But I definitely know I want to eventually get my master's in business administration and master's in public health. There's a lot of combined programs. Then after that, I'm struggling picking between the nonprofit world and the for-profit world um, and either running a nonprofit specifically women's health or health equity or working more with startups and venture accelerators and spinning out new healthcare businesses that are targeted towards helping women's health and advancing health equity. So you mentioned nonprofit versus profit. What are your thoughts on that? It's hard because there's so many healthcare issues in the world, especially in the US right now. And nonprofit only goes so far. Like a lot of what their day-to-day is, is relying on grants and kind of the philanthropic goodwill of other people donating money to these nonprofits, especially some of the larger nonprofits. In a for-profit model, a lot of these businesses are self-sustainable and can really do some really cool, crazy things that nonprofits don't necessarily have the resources to. It's almost like a different value system between the two. And I haven't really had any experience with a for-profit healthcare company yet. So I think that's kind of why I'm struggling so much is because I've had an experience in a nonprofit, but not in the for-profit, which is actually going to be my third co-op. Can you talk more about your third co-op or for those who aren't in the Northeast and your third internship at college? Yeah. So my last one was at Institute for Healthcare Improvement, which is like a healthcare consulting company. And they do a lot of really cool stuff and they work internationally and they base all their stuff off of the science of quality improvement. But they definitely are like their budgets are tighter and they don't have necessarily the ability to do everything that they want to do all the time. So for my third co-op, It's a weird mix. I'm actually working for the United Nations Development Program in Armenia, but they're piloting a venture accelerator. For those that don't know, the United Nations Development Program has these like sustainable development goals, SDGs, that they're looking to advance globally. They're things like mitigating climate change or gender equality. They're kind of like these big nebulous ideas. But right now, there's just not enough funding to kind of solve some of these really, really big issues. So they're piloting something called Impact AIM, and it's a venture accelerator. 
that helps small startups and small business ideas advance and become successful as long as they explicitly state that they're working to advance one of the sustainable development goals. So it's kind of like a combination between the nonprofit, which is the United Nations development program, and then also the for-profit venture accelerator. So it should be an interesting mix to see how those interact. So if you're potentially working for a venture accelerator is where you want to head, why do you think you're a fit for that industry role, et cetera? Depending on other people and fundraising would be really frustrating for me. I think I'm somebody that wants to be constantly moving and doing something. And I don't want to keep doing things the way they've been done for years. Clearly, it's not working very well, especially when it comes to healthcare. And clearly, something needs to change. So it'd be really cool to be on the forefront of that and seeing all these people come through with these like crazy ideas because I'm not necessarily a crazy idea person, but I am somebody that can help execute and I'm really organized. And it'd be really cool having all these people come through with all these amazing ideas and innovative ideas that are really looking to make change and then supporting them and helping them to be successful is why I think I would really like a venture accelerator. In terms of this idea of nonprofit versus profit world, if you found a nonprofit that was making a lot of impact and was sustainable long-term and didn't need to worry as much about fundraising, would you consider doing that? If I did go into the for-profit world anyway, I probably would be more on the startups, the smaller side. Like I wouldn't be going into like these big corporations. Just for me, the value set is very different. So I would love to work for a nonprofit because they're truly there. Like every penny they make goes back into their company and back into the people of their company. So that to me is huge. You being in a venture accelerator, from what I can tell, that seems to be the long-term goal. If you were working with all these ventures, do you think you would even start a business of your own one day? Somebody asked me that the other day, actually. I don't know. If I had a really good idea or if I met somebody that had a really good idea, we worked really well together, then maybe, yeah, I would try. I actually, I was talking to a woman over at MIT um, and she's just about to graduate from their Sloan School. And she has this like amazing idea for a postpartum focused startup. And talking to her was really exciting. And there's tons to learn in the space of starting a business. Like there's so much that goes into it. And I think I'd like to, but I don't know. I think that's one of those things that I'm not going out there with the goal of starting my own business. If it happens, then I would definitely be open to it. I think it'd be a really great experience, but I'm not going out into the world seeking that as my goal. Yeah, no, it's a great approach because, you know, with entrepreneurship, people think that they're going to get these ideas out of thin air. And it's just rarely the case. If anything, it's just about being around the right people kind of thing, you know. So going off on that, you have obviously experience in the health world. I feel like you want to get more experience in the business side of healthcare as well. How do you plan to and how are you preparing to get more experience so that one day you can be part of a venture accelerator? The co-op is already a starting place right there. I mean, my very first internship was clinical. I was working as a medical assistant in an OBGYN clinic. And that's kind of what showed me that I didn't want to be on the clinical side. There were a lot of things that were really frustrating to me and I wanted to fix them, but I had no means to fix them. So that's why I went to Institute for Healthcare Improvement afterwards, where they did address a lot of these system level issues that really frustrated me and they were doing amazing work with them. But through this, I also learned that 
you can't just improve healthcare without improving the business of healthcare, especially in the US because it is a for-profit system mostly that you really need to understand the business side of things. And I felt like I didn't have that understanding. And that's part of the reason why I learned a lot about the business side of nonprofits while I was at IHI. I have just like basic fundamental gaps, like budgeting for a large business. Like I have no idea. And I think that's why I really do want to go back and get my MBA. I do think I want to work for a few more years afterwards to gain some more experience. So starting with my next job in Armenia with that venture accelerator, they are meeting people there and talking to them. I think that will be a really great insight into ventures. After that, maybe healthcare consulting, because that's on a different side. Also, I don't know where I necessarily want to work post-grad for those two years before getting my MBA. But then yeah, just more school is definitely going to be necessary. So obviously, some of our listeners don't go to Northeastern and aren't as fortunate to have the co-op system. How do you get your first internship? A lot of it is who you know, which can be scary because especially if you're just getting to college and you want an internship, it's like, well, I don't know anybody. That's why I need the internship. But actually a lot of researchers. So if you're at a research institution, I've had so many professors that do research, but then through that research, they know a lot of people in the field. And these people, I mean, they're professors, they're there to help students and that's what they love to do. And I've had more professors offer to introduce me to somebody through something. And that has been great. I've met a lot of amazing people through that, but I'm sure there could have been more opportunities to pursue if I had chosen. Other than that, depending what clubs are on campus, that's always great because chances are somebody in that club has had an internship that's relevant to something that you'd want to do. You could talk to them and maybe they could connect you. Other than that, it is kind of talking to people and having them introduce you to other people. And how do you go about doing that? Most of the time, especially if it's a professor, I reach out to them and it's like, hey, I was reading your research or I was reading about your work or reading about your class. And this one particular thing really interested me. I would love to learn more about it. Can I buy you coffee sometime? And then you can meet with them for coffee and talk to them about that. Like I just met with a woman yesterday that's doing a lot of maternal health research specifically health disparity, racial disparity research for mothers. And because I reached out to her saying I was interested in her research, I now have an opportunity to work with her come January. And that's really exciting. So it really just showing that you're interested in what they want to do. I mean, people always want to talk about themselves. So giving them that opportunity and then just offering being like, hey, I can help or hey, do you know anybody else that does something similar to this that you could introduce me to? And people are happy to help. What if you aren't fortunate enough to have a good professor? You mentioned clubs, and obviously that's a great way. From my perspective, it's quite a niche topic, right? And it's not like, for example, design, where you can just build a portfolio from scratch, right? It's kind of hard to get your foot in the door. It's hard because Northeastern, I feel like, is so focused on innovation and having so many different clubs. I'm not sure a lot of other schools do, but like Northeastern, we have Vital, and that's something that anybody can join and be a part of and come to meetings. And that's another thing, like, I think most schools have kind of a portal where you can see what clubs there are and when they're meeting and things like that. But just going to these club meetings that have something to do with healthcare, even if it's just kind of tangentially related and chances are the speaker there, another one of the students there, talk to them after the meeting and see if they're interested in anything. It's just, to me, it's all about making relationships and connections to people. So if it involves 
cold emailing somebody. So if you don't have a professor that you know personally, I've cold emailed professors tons and they've responded or just going to a club meeting. Mm-hmm. It's kind of just having that confidence to walk in, be in a space that you might not be necessarily familiar with and ask questions and ask people about what they do. Yeah. We talk a lot about just taking an active role in your career. And, you know, that sounds exactly like what you're talking about in the sense that a lot of us college students, we feel that by us just graduating with a degree, that will be enough. But if we really want to stand out, if we really want to build our personality and who we are as an individual, then, you know, going to these clubs seems pretty important for that. And just doing something as basic as going to one club meeting once a week, it could be the entrepreneurship club at your school. It can be, as Lauren mentioned, vital at Northeastern. And through that, you meet like-minded people. And I think it's just about meeting that one person who can really transform things for your career. So speaking about your career, your rising fifth year, you're about to graduate. How do you feel about entering the working world, leaving Northeastern? What excites you and what's terrifying? I think what's exciting is I'm kind of done with classes. <laughs> it's funny, Northeastern being a five-year school, I'm ready to get out and work. And it's cool being able to apply all the things that I've learned in a working place and having kind of deliverables. So instead of just like a paper, like actually having a project that you're working on or calls that you host and then there's deliverables that come from them, like that's really cool to see that the work that you're putting in is actually going towards something and not just going into the black hole of your professor's computer somewhere. So that's what I'm really excited about. What terrifies me, I tried to self-develop my past internship. So for those that don't know, Northeastern provides a lot of support finding these internships and they actually have a portal that has like lists of tons and tons of internships that you can just apply to easily through that. I tried to not do that and just reach out to people and be like, hey, I'm looking to work for six months. And it was so overwhelming because there's so many cool organizations out there in healthcare that are doing such great things. And it's just like overwhelming, sifting through all those organizations, then sifting through the organizations that have job opportunities. And they might not even be posted. It's just such an overwhelming process trying to narrow down what you want to do or like what company you want to work at. So that's kind of terrifying. I think it would make it easier if I knew somebody. It is, once again, just knowing somebody. And I don't know if I, maybe I'll go back and work at Institute for Healthcare Improvement again, but I kind of want to try something new. Did you kind of treat it like a numbers game in the sense of, I'm going to email this many people on a daily basis or a weekly basis. And then I know, you know, from that, I might get a couple of interviews and from that, I might get one offer. Like, how did you tangibly work on that process in your internships at Northeastern? When I did it, I actually, it was not a numbers game for me. I very much so looked, especially for my past two, I wanted one job and I basically applied to that job and a few other words. And I was incredibly lucky in the fact that I did get that. And then even for this third co-op, I was looking for something so specific and I knew what I was looking for. And I just like worked to find it. But a lot of it was just, I would pick one or two people and work to really cultivate those relationships. And then from that, like, because I really worked hard at those relationships, they passed my resume to other people. And my resume got around more because I really focused on forming those relationships. But there were some people that I like started to talk to, started to kind of like expend energy on a relationship and then realized that it probably wasn't going anywhere. And I kind of backed off a little bit so that I could pursue other connections more fully. 
And that's how I end up getting the Armenia one is just through kind of fostering these relationships. So, but I have had friends that play the numbers game and my roommate applied to seven jobs every day for like four months. And she did. She ended up with like five offers afterwards and she ended up getting a job she really liked, but I took a different approach. So I want to hear more about this Armenia experience. Obviously, going from an American student to traveling all the way to Armenia can be quite a leap and also a leap for you as well, because you're now learning more about the business side of things. It's a lot of uncertainty. And I think some of my most formative experiences have been pushing myself outside my comfort zone. I mean, when I became a medical assistant, I didn't even know how to take blood pressure. So I had to learn that on the job. Like I learned how to draw blood on my fellow medical assistant. And I was really out of my comfort zone. And I traveled to India and studied climate change. And that was what originally sparked my interest in global health. And that was out of my comfort zone. But all these experiences, because they've pushed me, they've been really, really valuable in helping me decide where I want to go. So that's kind of how I looked at Armenia. I was like, I don't know the culture at all. I'm going to be a total outsider, but it will force me to be humble and to learn about not only the culture, but about the side of healthcare that I don't really know, the venture side. And it's exciting. And it's something that I don't think the United Nations Development Program is piloting the venture accelerator anywhere else. So it is one of the only places in the world that they're doing it. So it's just a really unique opportunity. And because I won't be here in Boston, there'll be almost less distractions. So I'll really get to focus on the work that I'm doing there. So that's exciting too. I think it was mostly just to push myself outside my comfort zone. Going off on that point at Northeastern, because we're doing all these internships all the time, you're only meet someone for a couple of months. And then next thing you know, quite literally, they're going to Armenia. It's interesting with you because you're going to Armenia all by yourself, not knowing anyone there. How are you preparing for that? I've talked to a lot of people that are Armenian, a lot, which has been really great. They keyed me in on some just cultural things to know before I get there. One of the women I was talking to I spent a lot of time there. So she walked me through things as simple as like, this is the gym you should work out at. And that was really nice. Just like knowing that I could still have like a fairly normal life just there and having somebody break it down to even the most simple things that you don't usually think about or worry about until you're there. And all of a sudden you're like, oh wait, where do I do my laundry? Things along those lines. So I, I have been talking to a lot of people in Armenia. I've been talking with the people I'm working for as well. So I'm doing some prep work before I get there. So it's not just like getting thrown into the fire. I am preparing a little bit before I get there, doing some pre-research on the culture and the companies. So just to double check, this Armenia internship, you're working for Venture Accelerator, right? Yes. Do you have an idea as to what sorts of ventures you want to help with? Is it specifically focused with healthcare? Is there some niche with healthcare that you want to pursue? I mean, it's pretty small scale. And what they do is they have waves. So they'll have like a wave focused on a specific sustainable development goal. So they've had startups go through that were all like focused on mitigating climate change. They had a wave of that. They had a wave of ones looking at women's empowerment. But the current wave is focused on one of the health-related sustainable development goals. And basically, I'm like a project manager for all the ventures going through the process. I mean, health is so broad. I'm sure we're going to have a very broad range of ventures that go through. And that's kind of what's fun. 
I feel like recently I've been so focused on the idea of like health justice and health equity and maternal health and things like that. It will be nice to get experience in something that is probably none of those and it's something totally different, but still related to health and healthcare. So obviously, again, you have a lot of knowledge in healthcare. As far as I know, you don't study business at Northeastern. So how are you going to go about learning about the business side and the entrepreneurial side? And it's interesting because from my perspective, I know most of the business stuff, but none of the healthcare stuff. But for you, it's the opposite. Honestly, that's why I took the job was to learn. And they know my background and they appreciate the fact that I do have clinical background and that I do have background with like a healthcare consulting company as well with project management is what I did at my last internship. So that's why they hired me is for like my healthcare knowledge and for my like project management skills. They didn't necessarily hire me for like my business and entrepreneurship skills. I guess you could say like project management is part of business for sure. But I like have already expressed that I want to learn about it and that I want to gain experience on with the nitty gritty business stuff. I can't even tell you what the nitty gritty business stuff is. That's how little I know about it. But I made it really apparent to them and they know that. So they're willing to help me learn on the fly. Yeah. And I mean, it's cool as well, because if you're working with these healthcare specific ventures, you can speak their language. And honestly, business is mainly literally that just being able to speak someone else's language. That's all sales is. It's just basic psychology and trying to understand where the other person's coming from. And so I feel you'll be okay. My final question for you is what resources do you look for for guidance when it comes to career, learning more about healthcare, whatever holds meaning to you? Definitely. I mean, I hate to bring it back to relationships again, but no, whenever I meet somebody new in this space, I always ask them so many questions. I'm like, how'd you get to where you are today? Like, what was your path? Like how this all shake out for you? And to me, people are my best resources, just like talking to other people that are either in the same spot as me that kind of, we bounce ideas off of each other and we freak out about things together. And they're a great resource because they're literally living it with you. But also people who have been in the field for a while. I mean, they've lived it. They've been through it. They have great advice that sometimes I choose to listen to. And sometimes I'm just like, file it in my brain for later. But yeah, former employers, I've talked to a lot. The one thing that was great about Institute for Healthcare Improvement is everybody there was always willing to grab coffee with you. So I took tons of people out to coffee and asked them all about their careers other than that, like staying up to date on healthcare related things, I get a few newsletters every morning. It just makes me feel like I'm plugged into the world. Lauren, I think we'll end it there. Thank you so much for this episode. It's meant a lot to me. I know that it's meant a lot to some of these listeners simply because you really are taking not the sleep of faith, but the confidence that you have to go and do your third internship in Armenia and do something completely different is honestly pretty spectacular and amazing. The one biggest takeaway for me with this episode was just don't be afraid to go outside your comfort zone. We hear it all the time and people might feel that it's overused, but it really is so meaningful because going outside your comfort zone is what is going to give you happiness, going to help you move forward in your career, whatever the case might be. It's the thing that is going to be able to give you that leap. So thank you so much, Lauren, for being with us today. Thank you for having me.